Welcome to Home Dance Film Festival, the podcast that brings a little bit of the Sundance Film Festival to you. We typically discuss two movies that played at Sundance along with one non-Sundance film, but sometimes we throw you a curveball, and today we're discussing The Vicious Kind. I'm Jessica. And I'm Dylan. So if you just tuned out that intro and you didn't read the title, we are only discussing one movie today, and it will be centered around Thanksgiving, and we're going to do the same thing for our next episode, but it will be centered around Christmas, and that is so I don't have to spend a bunch of time editing during the holidays, and it would be easier for me. We're taking the easy way out. Yes, and then we will have like a little bit of a break until the end of 12 days, which is Epiphany, January 6th, so sometime after that. Because we enjoy our holidays. But before we get into our Thanksgiving film, I gotta give one of my classic recommendations just really quickly. I've been catching up on the CW show Kung Fu, which... Mm -hmm. CW, they're kind of in shambles right now. They're being bought out and being shut down and all kinds of stuff. Shows are being canceled left and right. It's wild. Oh, no. Poor CW. Where will all the 25-year-old teens go? Yeah. Well, don't fret. The people on Kung Fu are not supposed to be teenagers, so we're all good. They're playing age-appropriate. Oh, thank goodness. But this is a remake slash reimagining of the classic Kung Fu from, I think, the 70s with David Carradine. Only this time, it actually features Asian Americans, so (laughs) that's fun. It's one of the few shows on network television to feature a primarily Asian American cast, and I think it's handled really well. It's just, it blends case of the week type of format along with like an overarching narrative and there's some really interesting characters as you learn more of her backstory like the central figure is a woman and she is a badass and you gotta love that Mm -hmm. so just seeing her get better at her like martial arts training and learning more about her family history and battling the evils of the world it's just kind of a nice not mindless show but kind of like comfort show just you kind of know what you're getting but it's engrossing and a little bit better than a lot of stuff that's on CW and way better than I expected it to be once it was first announced. I kind of dismissed it at first. I was like, Ugh, another reimagining of a classic property. But this one's actually handled pretty well and I've been catching up on the second season on HBO Max. So if you're also interested in this, that's where you can find it. But it's a pretty decent show. I'm enjoying it. Well, I've got my sweatpants on and my belly is full, but I'm also ready to sundance. So... <laughs> Shall we? Guess I can put down my turkey leg for a second and (laughs) put my greasy hands on yours and Sundance. (laughs) Let's do it. Let's do it. Thanksgiving, Kayla? No. My dad and I aren't on the best of terms, so. Dad! Dad! Stop! Don't you! Stop! Dad! Please give me the keys, Kayla. If they're in here somewhere, I don't know, my lighter. Oh, that's my dick. You wanna try and open my car with my dick? 
the Vicious Kind premiered at the Sundance Film Festival in 2009. The film is directed and written by Lee Toland Krieger, and it stars Adam Scott, Brittany Snow, Alex Frost, and J.K. Simmons. A man attempts to advise his brother away from the new girlfriend he brings home on Thanksgiving, only to become infatuated with her. So when you were looking for Thanksgiving movies for us to possibly do this time, you brought this into my world. I actually did not know about this, which is surprising considering I like a lot of the people in this movie. So I didn't really know much about it. And going into this blind, I was kind of disappointed considering I didn't have any expectations. I guess relative to that, I was disappointed. Regarding the story itself, I have issues with it. (laughs) And I can see what it's doing, but it is mostly an unpleasant experience mostly because the character played by Adam Scott is very damaged and troubled and he lashes out in misogynistic ways and I know it's supposed to be a redemptive arc of just you learn more about him but you're supposed to empathize for things that he's went through they're trying to give him some kind of act of redemption but he is so overbearing in his misogyny and just like that toxicity that I really didn't care at the end that he had went through trauma in the past and that he had been kind of fucked over by life and his family situation because I think they put him too far into like the he's not like an irredeemable person but he's just not a person I would actually care about you're not going to make me care about him after seeing a lot of the things that he's done if it was just certain moments maybe but he doubled down at certain points within the movie and I was just like no I I don't care about your situation and then how it's I won't spoil the ending obviously but his final interaction with the Britney Snow character of Emma felt really unresolved and left kind of a bad taste in my mouth Mm -hmm. because there wasn't any resolution really that was satisfying so the movie just felt kind of miserable to me (laughs) and (laughs) I know there are a bunch of miserable people in this movie but it wouldn't put me necessarily in the Thanksgiving spirit (laughs) which this it doesn't have to I've watched dysfunctional family movies like Pieces of April, which we might talk about in the future. Yeah, we definitely will because our Thanksgiving options are limited. True. (laughs) For Sundance. So, uh, editorial note for future Sundance uh, lineups, put some Thanksgiving movies in for us. But overall, the movie's not terrible. It's okay, but it just makes me feel gross and miserable. (laughs) So what you're saying is all of our listeners should gather their families around after they've eaten and put on this lovely movie to really cap off the experience. Yeah, it'll really bring the family together. It's It's what we need. Uh, Thanksgiving. I actually had this on my watch list whenever I keep up with it on IMDb, like, logging stuff, because I was going through Britney Snow stuff. I knew about it, but I didn't realize it was Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. But I remember whenever I added it, I remember reading the short little description on IMDb and then seeing that it was released in 2009 and being like, oh no, this is probably going to be about some male bullshit. And I was right. It is. So that's not very surprising. But what did surprise me is that, like, right from the get-go, we are, like, thrown into full-blown incel territory. And I was like, whoa, all right. (laughs) Let me get my bearings. Yeah, I I was just like, that is unexpected. Because, like, the opening shot, you have Adam Scott, who plays Caleb. He's just crying, and you're like, oh, no, what's what's happening? And then he doesn't want people to see him cry because he hates that because men. And then his brother comes in, and he's all like, you know, they're all sluts. They're all whores. And I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) I am in for a ride. (laughs) 
<laughs> just that Selena Myers, like, what the? <laughs> yeah, I was just like, all right. So that's the journey we're on now. So once you understand what's going on, it's mm-hmm. less like, what? Mm-hmm. So I was just like, okay, I know where this is going. I got it. It's full of unlikable characters, but just not the fun kind of unlikable, like Drop Dead Gorgeous and Home Fries and Pumpkin. This is like not likable. Yeah. Like, not the bronze. You don't like them at all. And it's like people who are supposed to be damaged and they have baggage and trauma. Trauma. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Cue uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> trauma. Can't say it the same way twice. Yeah. <laughs> It's a movie about trauma. It's a movie about trauma. The movie is about trauma. The 2018 movie obviously was a movie about trauma. (laughs) She does it on purpose. She's got it. You have all these people who are just damaged and you're supposed to empathize with them. But I really can't. I just can't. And like the one person who's supposed to be quote unquote likable is barely on screen. It's his brother and he's very one dimensional. He doesn't have that much to do. So it's mostly focused on Caleb and Emma and J.K. Simmons's character Donald is thrown in a little bit more than his brother. He's just like there and he's kind of annoying because he's really flat as a character. He seems very naive for his age and it's just weird. I don't know. He seems really sheltered for growing up in a dysfunctional family, but then Caleb's all like, I have this instinct to protect my brother. So you get the impression that he's protected him all this time but then there's no way that he could have shielded him from everything because he's been gone for eight years he's estranged from his family because he and donald don't talk so he just left because you have all this stuff with their mom leaving and it's all messed up but he stopped talking to donald so it's not like he was around all the time it's just so weird despite being as he said two miles down the road yeah i don't like any of these characters and of course it has the awful trope with female characters where after sexual assault the character emma is like i think i i think i'm turned on (laughs) i think i like it and it's supposed to be played off as like but she comes from a broken family and this is just like her damage that's coming no no that's not how it goes so it's just it's very typical male writing yeah i was gonna say before we started recording i was like let me just take a quick look at the imdb and one of the first reviews i read there's a lot of positive a lot of people really like this but the one person was like clearly written by a man i was like yep yeah you saw the reviews on imdb is that you're saying yeah those that pop up unless you change them it's from 2009 yeah so of course there's some that are like woo this is good and then if you go to the more recent ones there's probably more i didn't know yeah i just casually perused yeah it was middling to like okay and then like a few bad yeah and that person is right it's very obviously written by a man And I looked at other things that he did. He hasn't written that much, but he directed. I can't remember what it is. Age of Adeline? Yeah, 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 yeah. Celeste and Jesse Forever? Yeah, that one I need to watch again. But he just hasn't been writing too much after this. But yeah, it's got a lot of gross stuff in it. It doesn't work well to me because it's... Whenever you have unlikable characters like that that are super damaged and miserable, there's usually, like you said, there's usually a redemptive arc. But Caleb's, it wasn't even an arc. There was no redemption at all. He was 
an awful person. And during those moments where he would waver and he would break down and cry and be like, I'm sorry, I don't know what I, I shouldn't have said that. I could feel the movie telling me like, he's really a good person underneath all of this. You need to be patient with him. Just empathize with him. And I was like, no. Yeah, after the grocery store scene, I was just like, no, this person's unhinged. Yeah, he's so. awful. It didn't make sense to me because he had that heartbreak with his girlfriend, fiance, not sure. Yeah, I think it's Beyonce. Yeah, he had a heartbreak with her. And so he's reeling from that and trying to get over it. But it doesn't make sense that he would jump from that heartbreak to full-blown incel and then like turning into his father because all of that stuff that he's spouting and spewing is from his dad. And then he even mentions, like, I realize I'm turning into Donald. But, like, it doesn't make sense that he would just jump into that immediately. And he says he hasn't been sleeping for, like, a week or something. So it's pretty recent, this heartbreak. So people do not do that. They don't just jump full-blown into that. Especially men, like, they're not just like, women are shit! Just immediately after a heartbreak. Usually people are just like, yeah, she's an asshole but maybe I'll find someone better. Yeah. I don't, it's just weird. Like, usually these dudes are, like, radicalized. It's, like, a progress. It didn't seem natural at all. No. And then, like, his brother's just floating around. He's spewing all this stuff to his brother, and then his brother's just, like, smiling and shaking his head, like, whatever, dude. Like, I think I love this girl, so it's fine, whatever. <laughs> it's very off-putting. And the brief glimpse we see of his girlfriend, didn't she look... Like, almost exactly like Emma. Yes. Like, with the jet black hair yes, and all that. and yeah. that's a thing. And yeah. it's just like, I'm becoming infatuated with Emma. <laughs> I need to get into her brain and, like, mess her up. And then it'll fix this because it'll be revenge. Mm -hmm. And I can, like, work out all my stuff using this girl. Mm -hmm. And it's awful. Just go to therapy. All of these people. That's all that you want to say is just get some therapy and have a conversation with each other. <laughs> yeah, it was very irritating. And I, I like Adam Scott so much. He brings the character, what he has given to life well. I just hated his character and I didn't, it, he didn't seem believable. And mm -hmm. there are just choices made in this movie I did not gel with. You see how ridiculous he is at the beginning, like right after he drops his brother off and you see him go back to his house and have sex with a woman, but for the purpose of taking a picture of himself having sex with a woman to get back at his ex. Yeah. <laughs> which the woman, I guess she's just been hired, it seems, I would assume. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's just like, all right, whatever. Yeah. So, okay, he's some kind of way right now. But yeah. then just with the grocery store scene and just seeing him being creepy as hell with Emma, I don't know how they expected us to feel something for him or, like, empathize with him or be like, oh, but he had, like, mommy issues and stuff. And, like, he's really a good guy. Because even at the end, it's not really a good guy. I don't see these people who are saying this is a redemptive arc. It's not. He starts off shitty and he ends shitty and the whole family's pretty shitty. Donald, they try to have also a kind of like an emotional moment at the end with him and Peter where he softens a little bit. But the whole movie, he's just been making weird ass comments to Emma yeah. from either not in front of her, but with her right in the next room of just like, how is she in the sack to his son, which is gross. Mm -hmm. But then also just to her, just saying things that are just barely thin 
thinly veiled sexual comments. Yeah, just and they're like, you can tell at the end that he says he's made mistakes, so he understands that he's like, no, he's a piece of shit too. And like Peter's just boring as watching paint dry. Like no one in this family is super interesting. And then Emma, I just feel bad for her. Yeah, Emma, I feel badly for her, but she's not even necessarily likable either. Yeah, it's just because the way she's written, she doesn't really. I mean, you you learn a little bit about her background and everything, and a little bit about her thoughts and where she's at, but it's not like she's completely realized as a person or anything. Like I said, you can see where all of Caleb's nasty stuff comes from. It's Donald Mm -hmm. because of all the stuff that he's saying to Emma and about her. And it's really misogynistic and gross and predatory. And everyone just laughs it off. Even Emma. I mean, what can you do in that situation? I was afraid for her whenever they were going to Peter's house for Thanksgiving. I was just like, man, this dad is probably not going to be a good dude either. And I'm just worried for her is she gonna get like assaulted or what and then right off the bat he starts saying all that stuff and I was like yep and then she just has to be like "Ah, yep thanks and none of these guys except for I guess Peter none of them respect her as a person they don't think of her as a human they don't respect women nothing i mean you can tell by one of the lines that donald says like all these women on tv it's hard for me to find one that i can listen to for more than five minutes <laughs> but you might be kind of different and then he like pats her hand like it's something for her to be proud of and she's like thanks they don't respect her boundaries nothing and she doesn't know how to enforce them and she because of the family that she comes from i'm sure people are running all over her it's like that whole thing with how usually men right women younger women who if they have like daddy issues or family issues where they don't know how to enforce boundaries they don't respect themselves and they look for love in all the wrong places bless their heart (laughs) it's an awful trope yeah You don't really see dudes doing that. There's like a casual joke about incest and rape that is made by one of the characters. Oh, yeah. And it's supposed to be funny, quote unquote. Yeah. And it's just like, no, that's not. And then he lays it on thick and keeps the joke up and mentions it again. (laughs) A nice callback. Yeah. I was going to say, whenever you said, I don't understand how anyone would think there's a redemptive arc. I don't know if like the writer director is like, well, there's not supposed to be or whatever. (laughs) Or it's just like, these people are just unlikable that's how i wrote them if he was intending a redemptive arc because it kind of feels like that because you have all those moments that are like telling me care for these people they're damaged and then you have like the scene where it uses a really good song but you have a, a song that's really like swelling and it makes you feel stuff and it's put over this moment that's not good, really bad. And so it's like mixed messages here, but it seems like the director, the writer is like, really ship this, ship this. Let's just uh, turn the video off and just watch, (laughs) like listen to this song because the song's really nice and everything that's going on on screen just makes me feel like crap. Yeah, (laughs) it makes my skin crawl. Yeah. So obviously this is a great Thanksgiving movie and we're leaving you on a great note. Yeah. Like happy Thanksgiving, everyone. (laughs) Yeah. Let's all be miserable. It's Thanksgiving. It's family. There's misery there. It's just natural. Thanksgiving and misery goes hand in hand. Misery loves company, which seems to be sort of another message of this movie. Yeah. Hurt people hurt people. (laughs) It's like the line from Christmas Vacation and said sub Thanksgiving. Well, it's Thanksgiving and... We're all in misery. (laughs) 
sorry if you heard my eyes rolling back in my head. <laughs> <laughs> the creaking. Yeah, like, but I have noticed that a lot of holiday indie movies, it's more likely that you're going to deal with real drama or the darker aspects of family, which is fine with me. But these characters are just really bad and there's a lot of really awful tropes. And I mean, it makes sense. That's 2009. And I did want to watch this because of the cast, because I like J.K. Simmons and Adam Scott and Brittany Snow, but it was a disappointment. Yeah. And it got like a bunch of indie awards and stuff, mm-hmm. like independent spirit noms and like best actor stuff for Adam Scott at like certain festivals and I'm just like I mean yeah he's good but like his character I don't know yeah like Adam Scott was doing the most with his performance mm-hmm. and definitely is believable and everything J.K. Simmons was good but he usually is yeah. interesting to see him with hair I don't see him with hair often <laughs> but other than that it's just the content is so awful yeah, the acting is fine. The fact that it got a Best Screenplay nomination at the Spirit Awards is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like those people, are they just like, but this is like the real gritty family drama. They're misunderstood. I guess this is their thinking. And I, I mean, it's before people slightly cared about women more and consent and all of that. Because now, like, we kind of care about women a little bit more, but we're in a backlash now, so I, I don't know. I don't, yeah. <laughs> it boggles my mind, just, <laughs> just the, some of the reactions to this movie, so. Woo, Thanksgiving. Oh, good for you. And how was it? What is your rating system? I guess it'd have to be uh, sex selfies. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I would take (laughs) one sex selfie out of five (laughs) for the performances. (laughs) What a treat. Yeah. What about you? I think that I would take half a sex selfie out of five. Mm -hmm. So just cut that picture in half. Just see your baby. (laughs) Yeah. It's a, a problematic movie for a problematic holiday. <laughs> Very good. If you want to watch this film for some reason, it is currently available to stream on Tubi. for joining us for this special holiday-themed episode of Home Dance Film Festival. Join us again next time when we'll be getting into the Christmas spirit with a Sundance holiday, hopefully classic. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully. If you have any thoughts or opinions about the movie we discussed today or movie suggestions, you can write us at homedancepod at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter and tweet at us at homedancepod. If you enjoyed this episode, maybe you want to rate it. Maybe you want to leave a review. If you didn't like it, then you can gobble until you wobble right on out of here. (laughs) Wobble right into the sea. (laughs) Yeah, just sink like a stone. (laughs) Yeah, and use that homedance email account to let us know about what Christmas movie we should be uh zeroing in on like do the work for us (laughs) but until then you can also follow me on twitter and instagram at dylan gonzalez 2 you can also find me publishing reviews almost daily on geekvibesnation.com as well as on youtube co-hosting the video attic with my colleague mike vaughn on the geek vibes podcast youtube channel and you can follow me on twitter at justin zero underscore you can also
also find me contributing to geekvibesnation.com. We are proud to be a part of the Geek Vibes Nation podcasting network. Original music for the show is provided by Andrew Carroll, who can be found at musicbyandrewcarroll.com. Original artwork for the show is provided by Ben Belcher, who can be found on Instagram at the Art of Ben Belcher. I've been Dylan. And I've been Jessica. So this Thanksgiving... Pile on those mashed potatoes and an extra chicken wing. I'm having a little bit of everything. Bye! Gucci.